So for the last couple of weeks, we've been on Ephesians 1, and we've been looking at the verses specifically from verse 3 to 14. And if you've been with me and if you've stayed long with me, you know, we've continuously gone back to the same passage again and again, right? And going back to the same passage does not feel old. In fact, it refreshes us, right? So, Ephesians 1 verse 3 to 14 is the longest sentence in the Bible without any breaks. Paul wrote without putting any full stop. It's the longest sentence. In your English Bible, you might see full stop, but don't be deceived, you know. The English Bible is not uh, what Paul wrote. Paul wrote in Greek. And when he wrote, he wrote it as the longest sentence without any full stop. So he's, he's actually, you know, there's a long thread of concept that he's talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. So Ephesians 1 verse 3 to 14 is the longest sentence that Paul has written without any break. And what is he talking about? He's talking about the blessings that we have in Christ. What is he talking about? The blessings that we have in Christ. So he begins by, we are blessed with every spiritual blessings. Then he, be, then he says, we are chosen before the foundation of the earth. Then he says that we are predestined to be like Jesus. Then he talks about, we are accepted in the beloved. Are you still following? Yeah. Then he says, we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Then he says, we are lavished by God's grace in all wisdom and insight. Then he says, we are made known the mystery of his will. Then he says that we have obtained an inheritance. Then last week we studied about that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen? How many? Did you count how many was there? There were nine. Okay? Let me just repeat if you haven't followed that. The first one is blessed with every spiritual blessings. Second, chosen before the foundations of the earth. Third, predestined to be like Jesus. Fourth, accepted in the beloved. Fifth, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Sixth, lavished his grace in wisdom and insight. Seventh, made known the mystery of his will. Eighth, obtained an inheritance. Ninth, sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now when he's talking about these blessings, he's talking about the privilege that we have being in Christ. So look at one another and say, we have a privilege of being in Christ. Okay? The greatest blessing that we have is Christ. And God has seated us with Christ, in Christ. It's a privilege. And, he, and over here from verse 3 to 14, he's telling us what is the privilege of being in Christ. Today, we are going to look at the 10th privilege, the 10th blessing that we have in Christ. So read with me Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12. Ephesians 1 verse 12 says, So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. What does it say? We who were the first to hope in Christ, we might become the praise of His glory. So the last privilege that we have in Christ is to become the praise of His glory. To become the praise of His glory. There's another version that says, we are the certificates of God's glory. I want to show you another verse, verse 6, in the same chapter, verse 6. It says, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the beloved. In fact, three times, three times Paul writes that similar phrase that we are called to be the praise of His glory. 
we are the praise of his glory one of the greatest privilege that we have in christ is to be the certificate of his glory what what does it mean what does it mean to be the certificate of his glory it means that we reflect god's work see when you go for a degree you know you go for a bachelor's degree maybe 3 years course you study all all those 3 years you know you finish your assignments you finish your deadlines uh, you cheat you do whatever but somehow you get it done huh after that they give you a degree what does that degree say this is to certify that so and so has completed the bachelor's of so and so it says about all the hard work that you have put in in those 3 years now look at yourself and see that you are the certificate of god's glory you're not the certificate of your glory you're the certificate of god's glory god is working in and through you he has not done with you right you are the certificate of god's glory whatever is happening is reflecting the glory of god you are the certificate of god's glory isn't that amazing we are the certificate of god's glory we are representing his god's glory it seems like as if god is showing off to the world through our lives he's showing off you know when you finish your degree you show off your degree telling people hey you know what i finally i finally done this nobody knows how you did it but somehow you still have something to show off see god is showing off his glory through you and me is revealing his glory through you and me so god has my goodness god has called us to become the certificate of his glory he's showing us off amen? amen so when it is god's glory who is doing the work if god has to take glory see would it be unfair if jerin does the bachelor's degree and i get the certificate would that be unfair of course it will be unfair if he has done the hard work he should be certified when when we say that we are the certificate of god's glory then why are we the ones who are striving for it shouldn't he be the one who should do it right if god be the glory let him do the work if god be the glory let him do the work okay don't try to steal god's glory yeah you know a lot of times we want to take credit you know i prayed i did this i finished my bachelor's i am so useful in the ministry i sacrificed you we want to take credit why because we want to steal god's glory don't be stealers of god's glory let him do it let him do it in and through you amen so don't take the pressure don't take the pressure of i need to get this done you know i was talking to my wife yesterday and i was telling her the church lives in two extreme people in the church and i'm talking about our church specifically we are either a backsliding sinner absolutely sinner you know who has no hope or we are trying to pretend to be a perfect saint can you guys relate to me online people huh we are either a sinner or we are trying to pretend to be a perfect saint now what's the problem with that the problem is sinner he has no hope my goodness i've tried enough there's no hope for me saint there's so much of pressure 
so much of pressure to getting it all together for getting it all together so if somebody is really struggling you know in the church why i can't be this how 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 can i tell people that i don't have the faith for this so what i do is i isolate myself can you relate to that every time you struggle you isolate yourself you know why because you want to take credit of what god is doing in your life you know what's the balance the balance is to say i am saved by grace through faith and i'm a work in progress i'm a work in progress where he is doing the work so it doesn't matter if i'm struggling today i know that he's still doing the work Amen. 2 corinthians 4:16 paul says like this even though the outward man is perishing the inward man is being renewed each day Amen. you are being renewed each day no matter what you see on the outside you are being renewed each day so it's okay to say i haven't got it all together i'm still a work in progress I'm still good work in progress. You're a saint by faith. You're not a saint by your works. So don't don't take so much pressure of what you are not working out. Let it go. Let God let God take responsibility of your life. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, and I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus. who began the good work i am looking guys <laughs> who began the good work god if god began the good work let him complete you can't perfect what god has started only god can perfect what he started let him do it see what what i want to tell you is don't take too much pressure give grace to yourself because only when you give grace to yourself can you give grace to somebody else you know in this church we have this thing you know uh, somebody comes for prayer we are immediately we want to fix the other person's problem <laughs> do you relate huh brother i am struggling through this oh, you will be healed brother you are the righteousness of god in, we have so many scripture portions that we have remembered <laughs> see i have nothing against speaking life okay i'm nothing against speaking life but sometimes the other person just wants to hear you out see jesus when he goes to mary and martha when mary is all crying he does not say hey i am the resurrection and life he says that to martha but you know to mary what he does he weeps with her he's somebody who can come down to your level even though he knows that he can set this thing right even though he knows he has the power to restore these things he will still come down to your level because you cry he cries it matters to him because it matters to you Amen. just because it's in your head doesn't matter doesn't you know it doesn't mean that it does not matter to him you know, a lot of us go through psychological issues so just saying dude that's in your head it matters to god because it matters to you so give grace to yourself give grace to other people let's not try to fix one another let's remember that we are the certificates of god's glory whom god is working within us so it's okay it's okay to be a work in progress you know now when i say that i don't mean to say that you should not release a prophetic word you should not speak life i'm saying our first initial response should be listen listen to the other person you know when when people text me uh, i am accused of uh, 
responding in short words, okay? I say yes, okay, hmm, and people don't like that. But you know what? Even when I'm doing that, I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm listening to what you're saying. I will never give advice, at least I try, okay, consciously. I'll never give advice unless you don't ask me for it. Ask permission before you pray. Ask permission before you give advice because maybe the other person does not need your advice. The other person just needs your heart to know that you are there for them, that you understand what they're going through, that you empathize with them. That will only happen when you give grace to yourself. See, a lot of times we also come from a place, you know, immediately when we are struggling through something, we try to fix ourselves by scripture portion. I am the righteous one. And see, I believe in the confession of the word. I believe in the word. I'm, yes, yes, yes. But you know what? It's okay to acknowledge what you're going through. It's okay to acknowledge. You know, First John, John says, you know what? If you're walking in the light and if you say you're not sinning, you're a liar. If you're walking in the light, you will see that you are sinning. You will see that you are struggling. Because when you acknowledge that you're struggling, that is when you see the power of God working in your life. So give grace to yourself. Give grace to one another. Don't take so much of pressure. Don't be in that mode of fixing yourself and fixing everybody else. Yeah? Give grace to yourself. Awesome. So if God be the glory, then who should do the work? God. Let him do all the work. Okay? Come with me to Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 10. Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How are we saved? We are saved by grace through faith. It is completely God who has saved us. Salvation is a gift. We can't earn for it. In fact, Paul says we are saved by grace so that no one can boast in their works. You cannot boast in your works because salvation is completely free. The reason you are praying today for hours is because of him working in you. The reason why you have the hunger for his word is because he's working in you. The reason why you're on time and you have switched on the video is because he's working in you. It's not your work. You can't take credit. See, if I give a gift to somebody over here, can you take credit for that gift? (laughs) Can you take credit for that? Right? In fact, you'll be humble. You can only humbly receive it. You cannot take credit in a gift. Think of your life as a gift of salvation from God. But your work in progress, yes. But God is doing the work. Let him do it. Let him do the work. Let him do the work. It's not your works, so you can't boast. So good works is not a criteria for salvation today. In fact, good works becomes the evidence of your salvation. It says... Not by works so that you can boast for we are his workmanship. Whose masterpiece are you? Whose workman are you? Workmanship are you? Your workmanship of God. See, it's like you are God's painting. 
You're God's canvas that God is painting. You are his masterpiece. You are created for good works, okay? You are created for good works. So if you are saved, there will be good works in your life because it is an evidence that God is working in you. So, you know, when people say that, you know, I am saved, it's not by my works and their life is still like the devil, I would doubt if you're saved. You know what I mean? Because, you know, if you put your hand in a bucket of water, what will happen? Your hand will get wet, no matter what. So when you encounter Jesus, your life will be transformed. So good works is not a criteria for salvation. Yes, but good works is an evidence of God's work in you. You will be transformed. We will be transformed. There's no way. So here it says, we are God's workmanship. We are God's masterpieces that God is showing off to the world by working in us. We are the canvas where he is painting. See, every painter is known by his painting. God is known by you and me. God is known by you and me. We are God's masterpieces. We are created for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, we are not doing the good works. The good works has already been prepared for us by God. We are just walking in them. The number of hours you are praying today, the, the number of scriptures that you are reading today, the fasting that you are doing is not you who is doing it. God has already prepared beforehand. You are just walking in them. You are being led by You are just walking in them. That's why Psalms uh, 23, it says, you lead me in the path of righteousness. You restore my soul. You lead me in the path of righteousness. It is God who leads us. God who leads us. We are God's masterpiece. We are His certificate. Amen. Isn't that great? How much time do I have? So, the question is, if God is the one who is working in me, if God is the one who is working in and through me, what is my response today? What is my response? What should I do? If God is the one, should I just do nothing? What is my response? Turn with me, turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Man, what a powerful verse. What is the response? Your response is to be conscious that you are connected to Jesus. See, it is not us who have made this connection. It is God who has made this connection. But our response is to be conscious of this connection. See, I'm married to Betty and we live in the same house. But I can completely live my life ignoring her presence. We might even sleep in the same bed, but still I can ignore her presence. Is that possible? A lot of us live our lives like that. We ignore our parents. We are in the same house. We don't even talk to them. <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite possible. This connection that God has made in Christ Jesus is not made by us. So it cannot be taken away by something that we do. But what we can do is become conscious of this connection that he has made for us. So we don't pray for connection, we pray from connection. So what is our response today? Your response is to abide in Jesus. 
to become conscious that you are in Jesus. The moment you are conscious that you are connected to Jesus who is the vine, you bear much fruit. Amen. Fruit is automatic. You are not the one who is producing it. It is Jesus who is producing it through you. But your response is to become conscious that you are one with him. That's why we took the Holy Communion today. Holy Communion is a reminder that God has finished everything at the cross. And we are one with God in Christ Jesus. There's absolutely nothing that can separate us. There's absolutely nothing that can condemn us. We are one with God. What is my responsibility today? To abide in Jesus. To remember God's faithfulness, what He has done in the person of Jesus. Abide in Jesus to bear much fruit. See, you know, the moment I address an issue... In anybody's life over here, I address an issue saying, uh, for example, Jaren, you should come on time. Uh, I address an issue. And our automatic our response is, he said I should come on time. This is all that I should do. Ta -ta 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 -ta. You know, We're trying to fix ourselves. And you know what happens? The next two weeks, you come on time. The third week, you don't come on time. Can you relate with me? Can you relate with me? Huh? You know why? Because you try to do it on your own. See, let the word transform you. How do you let the word transform you? In Luke 8, Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. Don't take it because it's a very famous parable and you know, you might have read this so many times. The parable of the sower is, it is a seed. It is a power in the seed that brings the fruit. It is a power in the seed that brings the fruit. What you can do is, you only have control over how much you receive. Amen. Amen. It's a seed that brings in the power. It's a seed that brings in the fruit. You're not, oh, let me bring forth something today. Let me bring forth apple today. <laughs> it's a seed that brings forth the fruit. Amen. Your power is, is in how much you can receive today. See, I want you to understand good works. You are created for good works. They are the fruit of God's word in your life. Amen. They are the result of you hearing God's word. That's why Paul says in Romans 10, 17, by faith comes, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you keep on hearing, you keep on hearing because that's the only thing that you can do. You keep on abiding in God's word and it is God's word that brings forth fruit today. See, good works does not come out of force. Good works come out of flow. Are you struggling for good works? Then you will struggle even more. Because it can't come out of force. It only comes out of the flow. Because it is the word of God that is in you that is bringing out these good works. So instead of, you know, when somebody addresses an issue in, in you, instead of trying to figure, okay, this is... This is what I should do. Ask God, God, what is the word that I have that will bring the right fruit in this area of my life? Ask God for his word. Because you know what? 1 Peter 1.23 says that you are born again. You are born by the imperishable seed. So the good work for you to do is already inside of you. So when you hear God's word, what happens is, God shifts your perspective of who you are in Christ. When your perspective of who you are in Christ changes, when your identity changes, that's when you realize, oh my goodness. So if Jaren is coming late, sorry Jaren, today your case. If Jaren is coming late, it's because he does not know that he is the son of a king. 
So the word that he needs, he's the son of a king. Kings don't come late. Kings don't come late. If kings have decreed a word, they will follow that word because that word matters so much to them. So he does not have a revelation of that. That's why he comes late, you know. See, we are trying to do good to become good. That's why we fail. Instead of realizing that we are already good, that's why we should do good. When, you, when your identity is realigned, you start automatically behaving like that. Today, you're not behaving like the son of God. Today, you're not behaving like the daughters of God. Today, we are not behaving like the children of God because somewhere there's unbelief to believe that we truly are God's children. So let God's word, receive God's word, hear God's word so that your identity will be realigned. Your identity will be realigned and the word of God that is in you will bring forth the fruit. Don't strive. So find, find a word to meditate on. Any, any character that you're struggling with, any personality issue that you're struggling with that, that you think, you know, this is my issue, this is something that I have to own it, anything that you're struggling with, find a word that you can meditate on because it is the word of God that will bring forth fruit. God told Joshua, you know, meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night and you will find good success and prosperity. Good success and prosperity. What is your response today? Your response is not to do the good work. Your response is to let God do the good work by you abiding in him by you being conscious that you are connected one with God in Christ Jesus once and for all. So no matter what, what you're struggling with, you can always, you can always start from that place of connection. Always. Always. The second thing is, feed yourself with the word of God. Keep feeding yourself with the word of God. But if you're really struggling with both, you're not being able to be conscious of, you know, that I am one with God. I don't feel it. I, 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 I'm not able to get there. And if you're not able to feed God's word, you know what's the third thing? Be among people who are already on fire. You'll be on fire too. That's why we have the church. That's why we have this atmosphere so that anybody who is dead becomes alive. Anybody who comes, you know, with their fire quenched, their fire gets sparked up again. I want to encourage you to be, you know, it takes more faith. You know, guys, it takes more faith to open your lives to be vulnerable with people, knowing that they might hurt you again. It takes more faith. But irrespective of how they treat you, I'm telling you, the power of God will flow in and through your life. Irrespective of what you think. You might think, you know, Pastor Sam might not understand what I'm saying. You know, he'll still judge me. That's okay. But you know what? Your act of faith will release the power of God in your life. Be vulnerable with people. You know, isolation is so easy. Isolation is very easy. You know, to go back into your own cocoon and say, you know, nobody understands me, nobody trusts me, and blah, blah. It's very easy. It takes more faith to become vulnerable and to say, you know what, this is, this is, this is what's going in my heart. This is all the darkness that is there in my heart. That takes more courage. And when you do that, when you become vulnerable, you see the light of God flowing in and through your life. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this word that we are, we are the praise of your glory. We are the certificates of your glory. Thank you for reminding us that we are not the one who, was, who is doing the work, but you, so that we can give you all the glory. Father, help us, teach us.
to abide in your word, to abide in you, to hear your word, and to stay connected to your people, to stay connected to your body. We surrender. We thank you for this word. We thank you for this timely word. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.